0: under our feet. The blood of Jesus doesn't go under our feet. We don't trample on that. It goes on the doorpost and on the lintel, And then what has to happen? You got to be inside. You're still not protected. It's not enough. You've got to be inside. So we've got to apply the blood of Jesus to our life, and we have got to remain inside the will of God. We've got to remain inside the plan of God. Now, if you step out, God's given us ways of getting right back in. But it's very easy to get outside and stay outside and wonder why God's not doing anything in our life. And God's response is, I have. I've done it all. Would you just follow my instruction? Get back within the walls of of where I am. You get back within the walls and apply my son's blood to your life. I will protect you. I will provide for you. I will respond to you. I will hear your voice and answer your prayer. When you call on me, I will answer. Always. Do you hear me? Applying the blood of Jesus. I feel like my preaching's better than you're responding. (laughs) Thank you, Bill. This is a this is a game changer. You applying the blood of Jesus to your life. Have you ever heard the expression to plead the blood? What do you normally plead? What do we know in in our natural world? What what is our normal plead? What do you plead? Guilty or not guilty. And the word of God teaches us through the new covenant, we don't have to plead guilty or not guilty because if that was the only choice we had, we only have one plead and it's guilty. Guilty. But that isn't the plead that we get. We get to plead the blood of Jesus because it is what rights our wrongs. It is what clears what's behind us. It is what causes my past not to direct my future. I'm going to trust that you're with me. It feels funny up here. I just pray right now that the spirit of God will have impact on your heart this morning. So, Revelation 12:11. They, who's they? Us. We overcame him, who's him? Satan by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives to the death. Part of applying the blood of Jesus is learning to begin to recite and to talk about and to confess your testimony. What the blood of Jesus has done in your life. This is how we overcome. We used to sing a song about this is how we overcome. You have turned my mourning into dancing. I don't know if anybody remembers that old Hill song, Darlene Chack song. We overcome Satan when we personally testify to what the Word of God says that the blood of Jesus does for us. I want to remind you that the testimony is not necessarily to your whole story about how you became a Christian. It is learning to apply the Word of God, the blood of Jesus, to our situations and talking about it. There is power in your confession. Do you remember from last week, Jesus is the high priest of our Confession. Everyone say confession. Jesus is the high priest of our confession. No confession, no high priest. Can the light turn on just for a second with how important your words are? You overcome Satan by your words. When your words line up with the blood of Jesus, you overcome Satan. You. We're not talking about a victory for the nation. We're not talking about a victory for the church. We're talking about a victory for you. You. How many of you know you need victory before the nation can get victory? We've gotten everything out of sorts. It's time for you to have victory. We're going to look at two, two areas today that the blood of Jesus, the New Testament reveals the blood of Jesus and how it works for us today. Seven ways the blood of Jesus works for us. Number one, redemption. Will you say that, redemption? You may say, Pastor, why do you have us repeat? Because sometimes when it comes out of your own mouth, you might remember it. To engage your brain, to get your mouth moving. This whole series is going to only last me two or three weeks. We're going to be doing a lot of confession I'm going to be encouraging you to confess some stuff out of your mouth. Nothing major, nothing personal, just to get your mouth moving. Jesus is one that responds to your mouth. Ask, and you will receive. If you will confess your sins one to another, then he is faithful and just to forgive you of those sins. Do you hear the confession part? In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, in Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. You know what redemption means? It means to be bought back. It means to be bought back. We were in the hands of the devil, and Jesus has bought us back with His blood. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, verse 19, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. You were not bought back with stuff. You were bought back with the blood of Jesus. There was a great price paid for you. Um I am I don't know where she went. Ruthann, are you in the building? She's at the bathroom. You could have just said she stepped out for just a minute. So this will be on the internet, this will be everywhere. So I want to just stop here for just a minute and talk about how important you are. We struggle so badly feeling like we're not important. The way we look, the way we think, our personalities, the way we act, the way we have behaved, the way we have responded, what's all in this wake that's behind us. We have such a hard time with who we are. And I I want you to catch something this morning. Elizabeth and I talked about it yesterday and um, I want to talk about it just for a minute today about how important how you were bought back with the blood of Jesus. Jesus was thinking of you. Come on in. I've already talked about you. I'm sorry. Come in. Come on. You. Yeah, you. Come back in. We'll tell you what was said early, later, way later. Um, how important you are. And Elizabeth and I talked this morning and she even said, look, I kind of struggle with you talking about how God says that, that I'm his favorite. You know, where is that scripturally? And it talks about the favor of God and it talks about the pearl of great price and how it talks about leaving the one and going and getting, getting the 100. But I had a moment yesterday, uh, watching this child play volleyball. We had a volleyball day all, all, day yesterday And she's on the varsity high school team, and she got taken out of the game. And as a parent, I get all kinds of thoughts. Um, From the teachers that I have here in the class that are dealing with a group of 30 or 50, and you got parents thinking their kid's the best, and they should be promoted, and they should be here and there, and if you've ever coached your child... Um, you know, I coached my son. I was sitting there watching and all these thoughts going through my head about her. And I finally came to an understanding of I cannot be objective. I've never had that thought. And I've coached, I've taught. I've taught with my kids in the room. I've coached my children. And I've never, I guess, uh, let me just say it this way. I've never had the maturity of seeing it that way. I could only see it from my perspective. And I had a moment watching her as she sat on the bench and as she came back in the game thinking about the coach, thinking, I cannot look at this team like this coach looks at it. I'm incapable. Because I can tell you why my child would be better than anyone else out there on the floor. I'm not kidding. I genuinely believe I I can prove to you why she should be the one playing. And I had that thought. I do not see. I do not see the whole picture. And it's not my job to see what the coach is seeing. It's our job for me to teach her to line up with her coach and to give it everything that she can and to learn to control what she can and to let God have what she can't control. Do you hear me? God's given us certain things that we are responsible for but we're not responsible for his stuff. He is, that's where we've got to trust. And that's where I, I just started telling Ruthann, Ruthann, take care of what you can, take, do what you can, what she has been asking you to do, what do you need to do, what do you need to change? And now start praying that she'll give you another chance. It's all we can do. We cannot force this issue. If we do, we'll make things worse. And I started to have this idea about how God sees me. Because when I coached my son, he played, he started. Because he was the best player on on the floor, I thought. I was not objective. And I had parents upset with me because my son played. Well, why wouldn't he play? He's the best player. I could not see it. But what I can see is that that's how God sees me. He picks me. He thinks I'm the best one. Do you know that that's what he thinks of you? I can genuinely say, I believe in my heart. Now, this is not in scripture, but I believe in my heart that God thinks you are his favorite. He created you. You are his child. He can't see you any other way. But that you are that sparkle in his eye. That he, if you were the only one here, he would have paid that price for you. It was a real moment I had on the bench while my child was sitting on the bench. That God says, you know what? That's a struggle right there, but I want you to look at how you see her because that's how I see you. And you're sitting on the bench and you're having a hard time and you don't know how to deal. And I want to get you back in the game. And you are my favorite. My favorite with the precious blood of Christ with the precious blood of Christ knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from your aimless conduct received from tradition from your fathers but you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ you were bought back Peter using this word of the lamb he is he is showing a a, a direct correlation to the old testament a lamb without blemish jesus was without blemish without original sin he was without spot he was out without personal sin psalm 107 verse 2 says let the redeemed of the lord say so Say so, he who has redeemed from the hand, whom he, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Why is he commanding us to say what Jesus has done for us? So that you overcome. This is God's plan for you overcoming. It is based on what comes out of your mouth. Jesus is the high priest of your confession. When your confession lines up with the word of God and with the spirit of God, the high priest kicks in between you and God and he supplies all your need. The high priest, Jesus being our high priest, he has access to everything the father has. You can see that that release from heaven comes through Jesus Christ. When my confession lines up with him, It is your confession, your testimony that makes the blood of Jesus work for you. If you do not get it out of your mouth, the blood stays in the basin. So let's do this. Can you all just repeat with me? Through the blood of Jesus, I have been redeemed out of the hand of the devil. Pastor, how do I apply that to my daily life? When you notice you've got strongholds, when you notice you've got chains on, when you notice your thoughts are completely, have you captivated, you confess the blood of Jesus has redeemed me from the hands of the devil. We have scripture that will, we are lining up with scripture. And do you know what? When we say, start speaking the word of God, God is watching over Waiting to perform his word in you. Did you know scripture tells us that? He is watching over his word, waiting to perform it. Through the blood of Jesus, I have been redeemed out of the hand of the devil. Let's do one more. Because before you were saved, you were in the hand of the devil. I was in the hand of the devil. I am not there today because I've been redeemed by the blood. When I can get past pride and awkwardness and speak my testimony out loud, I will begin and you will begin to experience freedom like you have never known. Uh, Something that helps me remember is a song, and it's an old school song. I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. All my sins are washed away, I've been redeemed. I am so lyrically challenged. <laughs> I'm telling you, I can just draw a blank on the most basic things that I should know. Filled with the Holy Ghost, I should remember that. I couldn't remember that part. I grew up on that full gospel meetings and campfire, and but I can come back to that. That is the way that what has gotten planted deep in my heart so that I may not depart from it. Your word I've hidden in my heart so that I may not depart from it. So that I may not sin against you. Teach your children in the way that they should go. So that when they're old, they won't depart from it. Okay, so I kind of put two verses together, but God knows my heart. I've been redeemed. Somebody say amen. Second. Cleansing. Everybody say cleansing. How many of you know we need to bathe? Anybody here ever gone a day or two without bathing? A week? I once went to Cedar Lake Camp. When I was a child, I was was not a commuter. I was a resident. And I thought, because we did the polar bear and jumped in the creek, the pool, each morning, that that was good enough. So I didn't shower. It was pleasant. It was, yeah. We need cleansed. John shows us the second way in First John. And I've already mentioned this. We're going to read it again. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Actually, this isn't the one I read. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Can you see that there are some pieces that we have to do? We have to walk in the light. And we have to have fellowship with one another. I said we. Can I say you? It's easy to say we say me, if I walk in the light as he is in the light, and if I have fellowship with one another, in the blood of Jesus, his son cleanses us from all sin. Say all sin. Whatever you've walked in here with, the blood of Jesus is enough for you. You have carried that around. You have felt guilty and felt like you couldn't get free of it and couldn't get past it. I want you to know today is the day to put the past in the past and leave it there. It's it's time to let that go. If you have received Christ, if you have confessed Jesus as your Lord, if you are saying these things that we're walking through today and you mean it in your heart, it's time to let your sin stay at the cross because Jesus paid for it. He has redeemed you from what you deserve from that sin. But Satan's way of keeping you captivated is for you to hold on to that sin and not get away from it. You know what that is? That's leaving the blood in the basin. The blood has to get out. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus. His son cleanses us from all sin. The Greek and all the verbs in this verse is continuing present Tense. It's so important that you understand the verbs in this, when you break it down into the Greek, the verbs in this is continuing present tense, which means if we continue walking in the light and we continue to have fellowship with one another, you know, I think we might could think, well, I'll have fellowship once and I'm done. It's not what he's saying. This is life. Can you imagine if you just took one breath and you thought that would be enough for you? Nope, your breath has to continue. Right? You have to continue to eat. If you find yourself out of contact, out of fellowship with other believers, you need to examine yourself to see if you are still walking in the light. I can tell you that when I get separated from people, I find myself in darkness. The blood of Jesus does not cleanse in the dark. It cleanses in the light. If you get out of the light and you allow yourself to operate in the shadows, your relationships will suffer. And more important, you will compromise the power of the blood of Jesus to cleanse you. And this is a continuing provision. It applies no matter where we are. So long as we are in the light, we may be in the most defiling circumstances amongst the most wicked people and and situations. There may be countless evil pressures against us, but as long as we are walking in the light, the blood of Jesus continually cleanses you. We are in a world that Satan is here. We are continually walking through powers of darkness and strongholds. But if we remain in the light, he is faithful and just to cleanse us. Can you see how powerful this is to stay in the light and to stay cleansed? I can tell you, all I've got to do is just walk outside and I get dirty. I'm going to meddle for just a minute. Elizabeth yesterday got in the car, and I mean, it was just disaster after disaster with her coffee. I'm like, are you kidding? What are you doing? She couldn't even get in the car. She didn't even make it in the car, and it spilled. Then she spilled it in the car. Then she spilled it on herself. That's just her. That's not even talking about me. Do you know how easy it is to pick up dirt? With your eyes, with your ears, with your thoughts. I can barely make it through worship practice without a negative thought or without a a challenging situation or thinking about what I'm walking through or thinking about what I'm about to have to go face or thinking about people that have hurt me? Is it not so easy to pick up dirt? That's why I continually have to come back to the Lord and say, whoa, 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 check my heart. What just happened right there? Why did that thought come in? Lord, I forgive that person again. And more than likely, I've hurt them and I ask you to, to somehow help them to forgive me. I can't control them forgiving me, but I can control me forgiving them. It's so easy, and I must continually be cleansed. Church, I put on a show up here like I look perfect. I'm not perfect. Stick around me just a little. You'll find out. Not perfect. I have thoughts. I'll just leave it at that. I must be continually cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Left on my own, I wind up in bad spots. The blood of Jesus doesn't cleanse in the dark, and it is a continuing provision. Psalm 51. After David had been convicted of two terrible sins in his life, of adultery and murder, he turned to God with a tremendous cry of repentance and plea for mercy. Look at this scripture. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. This is coming from a king. This is coming not only from a king, but from a king that is incredible at battle. Do you remember what was saying about him? Saul killed his thousands, David killed his ten thousands. David was an awesome person. Scripture says that he was a man after God's own heart. But David continually had thoughts. He continually had mistakes. But he continually humbled himself and sought the Lord to cleanse him. It's incredible. I want you to notice the reference to the, to the Passover with the hyssop, that cleansing power. What assurance to know where you can go When you're guilty. Did you hear me? Do you know where to go when you're guilty? There's a place. And it's the blood of Jesus. It's the only thing that can undo your guilt. And it doesn't make you innocent. It makes you right with God. You're not innocent. You did it. My sins, I did them. I'm not innocent, but I'm made right with God. What an assurance. Do you know the world doesn't know where to go? We do. We have a place to go. The billions of people who are guilty and don't know where to go. Imagine what it would be like to live with that kind of guilty conscience, to be tormented tormented with the impact of your sin and not know where to go to find forgiveness and peace. And that is the condition of humanity today. Let's close with this confession. We all say this with me. While I walk in the light, the blood of Jesus cleanses me now and continually from all sin. While I walk in the light, the blood of Jesus cleanses me now and and continually from all sin.